Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of Coronibacterium diphtheriae from the microbiology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A four-year-old girl presents to the emergency room for a fever and sore throat. She recently visited Thailand for two months with her parents and had just flown back a couple of days ago. Her parents report that she has not had any of her recommended immunizations as they have traveled all over the world. On physical exam, there is a grayish-white membrane covering her soft palate. When irritated by a tongue depressor, the membrane oozes with blood. She also has marked cervical lymphadenopathy and edema of the neck. She is immediately admitted for monitoring, antibiotics, and antitoxin. This is a case of pseudomembranous pharyngitis caused by Coronibacterium diphtheriae. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about Coronibacterium diphtheriae. In terms of classification, Coronibacterium diphtheriae is an aerobic gram-positive rod that produces diphtheria toxin. In terms of transmission, it is via respiratory droplets. In terms of the epidemiology and demographics, this condition is rare in the U.S., but more common in developing countries. With respect to the pathogenesis, diphtheria exotoxin inactivates elongation factor, or EF2, via ADP ribosylation. This inhibits protein synthesis, causing necrosis in respiratory, cardiac, and central nervous system tissue. It affects mucous membranes, especially the respiratory tract. The exotoxin is encoded by beta-prophage. In terms of associated conditions, associated conditions are diphtheria and cutaneous diphtheria, which is ulcerative lesions or cellulitis that can occur independently of respiratory diphtheria. For prevention, there are three different vaccines that can be used to prevent diphtheria. These are the DTaP vaccine, the Tdap vaccine, and the TD vaccine. The DTaP vaccine is a vaccine against diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. There are five doses that need to be given before school age, completed by four to six years of age. The Tdap vaccine is a booster vaccine at 11 to 12 years of age and should also be given to pregnant mothers and those around them. And the TD vaccine is tetanus and diphtheria toxoid vaccine that is given at 10-year intervals. In terms of the prognosis, symptoms are insidious and mortality is higher in young children but generally good with prompt treatment. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation, including symptoms and physical exam findings of Coronibacterium diphtheriae. Symptoms include fever, sore throat, malaise, and patients may have a croup-like cough. Physical exam findings include pseudomembranous pharyngitis, severe cervical lymphadenopathy, myocarditis, and arrhythmias. Pseudomembranous pharyngitis is gray or bluish-white membrane seen on the soft palate tonsils, or back of the throat. It bleeds easily if irritated. It develops two to three days after symptoms. Severe cervical lymphadenopathy is also called, quote, bull neck. Let's now discuss the diagnostic studies used to diagnose Coronibacterium diphtheriae. Bacterial culture would show gram-positive rods with blue and red granules metachromically seen on culture. Culture would be on cysteine telluride agar, which appears as black colonies, or Loeffler medium. Another test as part of bacterial culture is a positive elic test for diphtheria toxin. 
in terms of making the diagnosis, most cases are clinically diagnosed and confirmed with a culture. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the main differential to consider here is streptococcal pharyngitis, and the distinguishing factor for this is no pseudomembrane on mucous membranes. Let's now discuss the treatment of Coronibacterium diphtheriae. Medical treatment includes diphtheria antitoxin and antibiotics. Diphtheria antitoxin is indicated in all patients, and antibiotics is also indicated in all patients. The antibiotic drugs that are used are erythromycin and penicillin G. In terms of complications of Coronibacterium diphtheriae, the three main complications are airway compromised from soft tissue swelling, heart failure from myocarditis, and secondary bacterial infection, such as pneumonia. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 14-year-old male presents to his pediatrician complaining of a sore throat. His mother reports that he developed a fever two days ago that was immediately followed by a sore throat. He denies cough or rhinorrhea. His past medical history is notable for poorly controlled asthma, and he currently takes albuterol and budesonide. Of note, the child immigrated to America from Vietnam three months ago. His temperature is 101.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.7 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 130 over 85 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 110 per minute, and respirations are 18 per minute. Physical examination reveals a malnourished adolescent who is small for his age. No hepatosplenomegaly is noted. A notable physical examination finding demonstrates plaques that are grayish-white and highly vascular. Serologic and throat swab studies are pending. Without appropriate treatment, this patient is at greatest risk for which of the following? 1. Erythema infectiosum 2. Splenic rupture 3. Scalded skin syndrome, 4. Rheumatic fever, or 5. Myocarditis. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 5, myocarditis. The patient in this vignette presents with fever and pseudomembranous pharyngitis suggestive of diphtheria. Diphtheria toxin inhibits beta-oxidation of fatty acids in the myocardium, leading to eventual myocarditis and cardiomyopathy. Remember, in this patient with a sore throat who is possibly unvaccinated due to recent immigration, the differential diagnosis should include mononucleosis, viral pharyngitis, bacterial pharyngitis, and oral pharyngeal candidiasis. The presence of grayish-white pharyngeal pseudomembranous plaques on physical exam is consistent with diphtheria. Diphtheria is caused by infection with Coronibacterium diphtheriae, a gram-positive bacillus. It is rarely seen in the USA due to the widespread adoption of the tetanus diphtheria pertussis or DTaP vaccine. Signs of cardiac involvement, for example arrhythmias and heart failure, may appear 7 to 14 days after the pharyngeal symptoms. Diphtheria produces an exotoxin that inhibits ribosome function via ADP ribosylation of elongation factor 2, or EF2, a protein that is necessary for peptide elongation. This exotoxin acts systemically but shows preference for the myocardium. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, 
erythema infectiosum, or fifth disease, is a common viral syndrome caused by parvovirus B19. It presents with a classic, quote, slapped cheek rash that spreads to the arms, trunk, and then legs. Parvovirus B19 is not associated with pharyngitis. Answer choice two, mononucleosis is a syndrome characterized by fever, pharyngitis, and splenomegaly. It is caused by Epstein-Barr virus, or EBV, and cytomegalovirus, or CMV. Patients with mononucleosis are at increased risk of splenic rupture if they sustain trauma due to concurrent splenomegaly. Although mononucleosis should be on the differential diagnosis for this patient, the presence of grayish pseudomembranes in an unvaccinated child is most consistent with diphtheria. Answer choice 3. Staphylococcus scalded skin syndrome is a desquamating rash caused by an exotoxin produced by Staph aureus. Staph aureus rarely causes pharyngitis and is unlikely for the patient in this vignette. And finally, answer choice 4, rheumatic fever is an autoimmune sequela of untreated streptococcal infection. It is caused by cross-reactivity of antibodies between M-protein, a virulence factor produced by strep pyogenes, and self-antigens. Although strep pharyngitis should be high on the differential diagnosis in any pediatric patient with fever and pharyngitis, the presence of grayish pseudomembranes in an unvaccinated child is most consistent with diphtheria. In summary, Coronibacterium diphtheriae causes a syndrome characterized by pharyngitis with pseudomembranous plaques followed by myocarditis and peripheral neuropathy. It is only seen in unvaccinated children due to the widespread use of the Tdap vaccine. Next question. A six-year-old Russian boy who recently immigrated to the United States presents to your office with fever and dyspnea. On examination of the oropharynx, you note a grayish-white pseudomembrane and uneven elevation of the soft palate. The patient displays marked enlargement of the cervical lymph nodes. Which of the following describes the organism responsible for this patient's disease? 1. Yeast with pseudohyphae. 2. Gram-positive bacteria producing exotoxin that acts via ADP ribosylation. 3. Gram-positive cocci with hyaluronic acid capsule. 4. Gram-negative encapsulated bacteria producing IgA protease or 5, gram-negative bacteria producing exotoxin that inactivates elongation factor 2. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2, gram-positive bacteria producing exotoxin that acts via ADP ribosylation. The patient described in the question stem suffers from diphtheria caused by coronibacterium diphtheriae. Coronibacterium diphtheriae is a gram-positive organism that produces an exotoxin that inactivates elongation factor 2, or EF2, via ADP ribosylation. Remember, diphtheria presents with pseudomembranous pharyngitis, a grayish-white membrane, and lymphadenopathy. The membrane can extend into the larynx and cause obstruction. Recurrent laryngeal nerve palsy is also common, resulting in the palate paralysis described in the question stem. Systemic sequelae of C. diphtheriae infection include cardiac and neurologic damage. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, Candida albicans, is a yeast that forms pseudohyphae. This patient's presentation is more consistent with coronibacterium diphtheriae infection. Answer choice 3, 
Streptococcus pyogenes, or group A strep, is a gram-positive cocci with a hyaluronic acid capsule. Answer choice 4. Haemophilus influenzae is a gram-negative encapsulated bacteria that produces IgA protease. And finally, answer choice 5, Pseudomonas is a gram-negative bacteria that produces an exotoxin similar to C. diphtheriae that also inactivates elongation factor 2 via ADP ribosylation. And that's all for this review about Coronibacterium diphtheriae. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.